Back by popular demand again. Chris Nelson, is this episode three or four? I think it could be four. Is it? This is four, yes. I mean, this is this is living proof of the fact that you actually hate the people that tune into your podcast. <laughs> four episodes. They like your stories. Yeah, four episodes of me is enough to drive someone to drink or jump off a bridge, either one. We're going to start this show off a little bit differently because I know we're having fun the last few times and everything, but obviously we're we're going to start off by talking about the late, great Terry Funk, and I know you've got experiences with the man that you'd like to share. Oh, it... Um... He, we, I, I got two that I'll, two that I'll share. I, I knew when I saw a picture of him a couple weeks ago that it wouldn't be long, but you know, you never, you never want to lose your heroes, you know. And um, I tell you what, what I was able to pick up. This is extra. Um, at an auction. There was a guy that had a letter that Terry Funk wrote in 1982. It was on his stationery from his house. And he, he used it on TV as part of an angle where basically he was sending, he sent the letter out and he was telling everyone that he is the real world champion. You know, and Ric Flair and everyone is a sissy and, you know, that he's going to be taking bookings as the, you know, NWA world champion claimant. Uh, and and it's signed and, and everything right there by him and he used it on TV. I do believe it was in Texas, but I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure of it. But man, I snagged that thing and it's like uh, one of my favorite pieces in my collection just because of the fact that it's Terry Funk and it's something that he actually, you know, as you're reading it, you can say, Wow, that's actually Terry Funk writing this and it was typed on a typewriter. So that's even better, but um, that's just a little sidebar there. But um, WCW, um, they were doing nighttime tapings, and they were at Universal Studios. There's one year we did Universal, I don't remember why, and they did it at night, and it was outside. So the first night of the tapings, we get there, and the first thing you do is, you know, you look at the sheet to see who's going to get you know, murdered, and uh, who's not going to get murdered. Um, and I, I looked at the sheet, and it said Chris Nelson and Leroy Howard, who is a, a wrestler called, he's from Tampa, he was the Navy SEAL. Leroy was about 280, six foot three, black guy, 280, and was stiff as a board. I mean, he would, when he hit you, you know you got hit. I mean, he was a legit Navy SEAL, like, badass dude. And he was a good friend of mine. And uh, he passed away a few years ago, and, you know, sorry to hear that. So this story's for him. But um, it was Leroy and myself against Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck with Colonel Parker. And I'm like, well, damn, that's awkward because Terry hasn't been here, you know, at all. He hasn't been here since, you know, three years before or whatever. And come to find out that was the first, his first match back, the first match of his last WCW run 
in the stud stable, you know, before he did the hardcore stuff and this and that. First match back. So he gets there, and I think it was something that just happened because they had to fly him in, and then something about him. He actually took a helicopter from the airport to Disney to get him here. Uh, crazy story. But so we find Terry and we find Buck, and we go up to him, talk about our match. And Terry goes, he looks, now remember now, I'm, I'm about 5'11", about 235. And Leroy is about six foot four, two eighty-five. There's a big difference. But Terry looks at us both, looks me in the eye, and looks up to Leroy, and he goes, he goes, well, which one of you guys? I, I don't do a good Terry Funk, but he goes, well, which one of you guys knows how to take a body slam? I kind of looked at Leroy, and he kind of looked at me, and we're thinking, well, we've been here for years, and. You know, I, I, I think we both know how to take it. And we both just kind of raised our hand like that, you know. Body slam, we got this. So once again, he looks at Leroy, then he looks at me, and then he points at me and says, we're going to do this with you. And I'm thinking, of course, because he's 285 and I'm 235. And that's okay. I'm like, dude, let's do it. So very, it was very simple. They didn't call anything. So, you know, anything crazy, he said, I'm going to do a moonsault on you for the finish. Just lay there. I'll put you there. You'll be good. Yes, sir. No problem. I had taken standing moonsaults from Jimmy Del Rey. So, yeah, I'm okay with the moonsault. I got it, especially if I got to lay there. So, the match comes on, and um, we're in the ring. And here comes Terry Funk throwing garbage cans all the way down, you know, Universal Studios because they had him coming out of like a house and then they walked down the stairs and to the ring and he's throwing stuff and being Terry Funk, you know? So they get in there and he starts with Leroy and Leroy, he hits him once and I could tell he really knocked the shit out of him because he, he Terry looked, he, he got hit and he went, oh, shit. you know, and I could tell I was real. And then he hit him twice and, Oh, shit, they did it again. So right there, Terry just poked him in the eyes and cut him off and tagged in Buck. So Buck got in, and then I got tagged in, and Buck threw me in. And he, big boot, he called, and I ran smack dab into the boot. I didn't put my hands up, nothing. Just boom, went back, took the bump. Then he tagged in Terry. And it was very simple, very simple, just a little bit of choking, punching, Picked me up, slammed me, went up there, hit the moonsault, one, two, three. And I'm thinking, boy, this is it. It's over. That was great. Everything went great. Then I hear, come here, you son of a bitch. And I'm like, oh, shit. And he picks me up, and he starts punching me and punching me again. And he goes, he gets a branding iron, and he starts branding me with the branding iron. And then I end up getting hogtied in the back and completely tied up my legs and my arms. So my fat ass literally is like a seal just rolling around there because I'm tied and I can't get out. You know, he didn't talk about this back there. I would have prepared myself like I did when Jake Roberts tried to put the snake down my pants one time after giving me the DDT. Um, you know, I would have been prepared for something like this, but 
yeah, I got hog tied and then he untied me and threw me outside the ring. And I'm glad he untied me before he threw me outside the ring and then threw a couple more trash cans. And then he went back to the dressing room and it was just, thank you very much. I appreciate was I stiff and the nicest guy that you could ever, that you could ever imagine. I mean, just like, and it's like, I'm freaking out because it's like, I want to make sure that I did a good job for them. You know, it's Jimmy Golden, it's fucking Terry Funk, it's Colonel Parker, you know, and Jimmy Golden, Bunkhouse Buck, he says, he says, kid, you really need to put your hand up there, man, on that big boot, man. You just, you didn't put your hand up, and I just kicked you in the head. I said, well, I meant to do it like that. I'm trying to put you guys over, and he says, man, I do appreciate that, but it ain't worth, you know, the damage it's going to cost you later in life. And that was 1994. And I wish I would have taken that advice and done something with it and maybe started putting my hand up because here I am 30 years later, I got a shit memory. You know, I have headaches, um, you know, like seven or eight of the, of the things of CTE. I mean, not that I'm hoping that I have it, but there's no way I'm not going to have it, but you know, I'm experiencing a lot of that stuff and it makes you think, man, I, all right, I sure as hell wouldn't take back what I did. I'm not going to throw in the flag and say, you know, I, can I please take all that back? Hell no. That's me. That's who I am. I worked my ass off to do all that stuff. I worked my ass off to be that person. So I'm not going to give it back, but I wish I could have done it smarter when you think about it and you think about all the concussions and how many chair shots you took to the head and you didn't put your hands up, you know, I mean, it, it was stupid. It was stupid, but you know, that was when hardcore was just coming in, you know, 94, 95, you know, it was a new thing. And, and, you know, on house shows, that's not a problem. I mean, the guy I used to do it with, his name was chaos and we were always safe. I mean, we even, did a Taipei glove death match with real freaking glass on our knuckles because we knew we weren't going to hurt each other, you know, but all that stuff, it takes its toll and we didn't know anything about CTE, you know. Um, I would love to see Terry Funk's brain. I don't know if he donated it or not. He probably didn't, um, but I would love to see his brain and see if he's got it, you know, just to, so other people can see, other wrestlers can see, you know, all right, look, here's Terry Funk. We all loved and idolized him, you know. Look at his brain. You see, he has CTE. See, he had dementia. You know, that could be a lesson to the kids that are getting in the business now as to what not to do and what, you know, what to do and what not to do. And you can't get more of a better example than Terry Funk, you know? And I'm sure as Terry could tell the kids that are getting into wrestling today not to do the things that he did, he would, pro he would probably tell them that, you know? Because number one, I mean, that was Terry Funk. I mean, you can imitate, but you'll never duplicate. Terry Funk, he was the best. You know, um, but these kids today are doing these crazy moves and, 
And, you know, I'm seeing more and more videos of wrestlers landing on their heads and landing on their necks. And I'm not liking it, man. I mean, what's it going to take? I mean, does someone literally have to die in front of 20,000 people before they stop doing this shit? I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to spoil anyone's damn parade, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, think about it. You know, a move is cool. You know, it really is, especially if you're the first person to ever do it. But is it really worth dying for? You know, all that Chris Nelson, you know, he had a great career for three years. And boy, I remember that finish he used to have, the fat flop. You know, I mean, (laughs) you know, good job. And then you're dead. You know what I'm saying? Over a stupid fucking move that, you know, if, if you're off by an eighth of an inch, you're dead. Or you're paralyzed, but you're still gonna do it. I don't get that. Yeah, that a lot of that, a, a lot of that stuff is kind of going on in the in the lower leagues at the minute, and the kind of the hardcore wrestling. Like I seen a guy, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, jump up to the top of a. He was nearly on top of the gym roof, and he tried to land on the table. There was a guy on the table, and he missed the table. I think I saw that one. Um trying to think of the other one that i saw just one where oh the guy went to do like a uh went to jump and do a split leg moonsault on the on a in the corner jump on the thing and he completely fucked it up and landed on the back of his head uh i don't know how he you know i don't know how he walked away from that but i don't know my my point on that whole thing was you know I don't know if Terry donated his brain, but you know it would be and it would be very interesting to see what the findings would be, you know, and it would be helpful to the next generation if if they actually took it in and listened to it and said, okay, I'm gonna pull it back a little bit because I wanna I wanna have a job, but I don't want to be in a wheelchair at fifty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, it's, it's a comment. It's, yeah, a comment there from Acer is a good one. It's insane that uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley didn't die in those Japanese in Japanese death match. Yeah, no, I completely agree on that one. I mean, I watched that one just the other day. You know, the one with Onita and the exploding the one out. It's outside in the middle of the day, and Cactus was there. And I mean, my God, I don't. You know, oh. Um, I always got along great with Mick. Um, he, uh, actually lent him a pair of boots one night because he, uh, they needed him to do something and he didn't bring his gear. I think it was in Orlando and, uh, he asked me if I had some boots and I didn't even, I didn't bring my gear either cause I wasn't on that night. And, uh, I ended up having a pair in my truck and brought them into him. But, uh, Great guy. You know, I always, I would take my teeth out when I wrestled in WCW and, you know, he would always say, oh, you should wrestle as my illegitimate stepson or something, you know. And so, I mean, you know, we would, we would always laugh about the fact that neither one of us had front teeth, um, <laughs> you know, bang, bang. But nice guy. I, I, I hate seeing the way he, he is now. You know, he's not, he's not. He's pretty broke up, isn't he? Yeah. It's 
I'm not in good shape and I didn't do a tenth of what he did. Yeah. You know, especially with the elbow off the rope, you know, onto the concrete and everything. Um, I did a little bit of that stupid crap, but not like he did. Um, you know, it hurt and I, I had enough of hurting, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm already inflicting pain on myself. I'm not going to inflict any more, you know? Um, but I love them both. You know, I mean, Mick, I, I have a bunch of pictures of him, the two of us together and everything, um, different pictures from his career in my man cave here. So, I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, I love, I, you know what, I got quite a bit of me and Terry Funk too, including a picture of us together. So, uh, you know, they both get equal amounts of love in my, uh, my man cave. Good question. Yeah. Yeah, well, good comment. One of the questions is a good comment. Mm. That was right. Did you see AEW, the the show in Wembley? Not even the show, but did you see the kind of spectacle? Fair play to them. They deserve a lot of credit for getting 81,000 people into that. I saw, um, I haven't watched any of the clips yet. I was planning on doing that today, and then somebody asked me to be on a podcast. Um, so um, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that tonight probably. But I did see a couple little quick snippets of it. Uh, it looks like they had a great house. I heard that CM Punk got in a fight with Jungle Boy. Um, I think that's funny. Um, I'd like to throw that little twat through a window myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I can only, you know, just for, you know, the answers that he gave over there in England when they went over there. And, you know, people are paying money to meet him. And he's just completely, you know, shit talking wrestling and shit talking everything. And just, he's an ungrateful little punk. And you know what I mean? I, you know, you just, if you're being paid to be somewhere with people that actually think you're good and they're paying money to talk to you and paying money to hear your story, don't sit there and act like you'd rather be in Minnesota watching fucking reruns of Matlock, you know, you're a little twat. You're a whiny little bitch, and I hope to see him punk whooped your ass. Fuck you. It, apparently he did, <laughs> but this, the story... <laughs> I totally agree with you, but the story goes, the story goes, the full story goes that apparently Punk flew in on Saturday morning, and AEW had no trans from the airport for him. And he had to find his own way from the airport, which is not a big deal in London, but that's not the point. Like, even you guys were always looked after by oh, WWE, yeah. for example, back in the day. Like, something like that wouldn't have happened to you guys back then. No, especially in a foreign country. That's the thing. Being in a foreign country, they should have had the extra measures done to where he's picked up from the airport. This is the first time it's... hearing any, I, the first time hearing any of this, so I'm enjoying it. But yeah, yeah. especially out of the country, they should have had that arranged. Yeah. Now, uh, you, you can take everything with a pinch of salt, but somebody did put up a picture on Twitter sometime Saturday with CM Punk on the train, and apparently some guys had to give him uh, directions to where he was going to his hotel. Allegedly. Wow. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Allegedly. Well, what else did you hear? Well, I, I heard what you heard about the backstage 
fights and the guy the, this was over a glass segment so there was supposed to be a glass segment on AEW a few weeks back and yeah the and jungle boy wanted to use real glass punk said oh we used a fake glass and so he was in a match prior to cm punk and he said something along the lines of real glass bitch into the camera so as he was walking back punk was getting ready to walk out and that's when a supposed physical altercation happened which ended up with jungle boy being choked out he's listen listen i'm 48 years old okay i have a horrible back i have two surgically repaired shoulders i need a new left knee i'm overweight i'm out of shape i'm a fat fuck but i could beat <laughs> i could beat jungle boy's ass within 25 seconds it for a shoot for a real fight you know give me 30 days and I'll be a fucking killer, and I will throw him through every window I can find, just for being a twat. And no, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to fucking, you know, get clout or whatever they call it off Jungle Boy. I really think he's a twat, you know. And it was confirmed when I heard the reports from London. You know, you don't you don't treat people like that. People that are paying money to see you and talk to you and ask you questions, you immature fuck. Jesus Christ. You know, yeah, so, you have a hell of a position, but you know what? I did more in this business than you're ever going to do with the attitude that you have. So fuck you, you know? Yeah. So where, where it gets interesting is AW run another pay-per-view on Sunday all out in Chicago, obviously Punk's hometown. And now allegedly he and... You know, uh, Jungle Boy. Suspended? Supposedly, <laughs> you you know you you know what I'm thinking. Like the wrestling business, I don't know. You know, maybe. Hey, how about this? Maybe Jungle Boy was paid to do this. Maybe this is like a sabotage from his, you know, from his buddies. You know, they're like, hey, you know, it's time for you to take the hit. You know, go up there, and you know, we want to get Punk suspended so he's not on the pay-per-view in his hometown that'll be fucking great let's do it you know think about it it could have happened would it come into your thinking that any of this is a work no i don't think it's a work no. because i don't i don't okay. i don't think they would i don't think cm punk wants anything to do with any of them so i don't think that he would even entertain the thought of doing any kind of work i could be wrong yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. But then, just in the business, though, you just never, ever, you ever never quite know. know. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing. They're always looking for something new. They're always looking for a way to swerve everybody, you know? And and that's because everything's been done already 10,000 times. So they're always looking for something new. So I don't blame them. You know, you can't blame them. You know, they're they're going to try what they're going to try, but, you know... The thing is, they, they expose so much of the business, you know, that it's hard to work people anymore because now they're smart and they know everything. So you have to keep doing this real life bullshit because, you know, you expose the business. Grandma Daisy, that's that's a great YouTube name. New subscriber. Hello. <laughs> hello, Grandma Daisy. Do you know what the coolest thing I seen on that show was like Chris Jericho with his band? singing himself to the ring 
in front of Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people. Like, bands just don't get to do that. All right, and then so as well. I didn't know that he sang himself to the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not really a fan of his music, but yeah. that's really cool. You know what I'm saying? That's that's really yeah. cool. I I mark out for that, you know, because you know I'm a failed drummer. So I mean, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> I mark out for that. But you know, that's pretty cool. I don't really like that. I don't really like the song. I mean, it's okay, but. That's badass. 81,000 whatever people and you get to sing yourself to the ring along with people. You know, that's, that's pretty damn cool, man. It's uh, Did I hear that this was the highest grossing show of all time? Not highest grossing. It was the highest, they said, paid ticketed show of all time. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That makes so, sense. I don't know. There's some gray areas there. Obviously, there was 81,000 paid people there. Yeah. Plus the corporate, which they didn't include in the figure, which is which is cool as well. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I got a friend of mine. Um, well, AJ Genazo went over there. Um, I saw he was over there for uh, for the show and to visit some English friends. He does a lot with. Uh, he does a lot with uh, British food now, and that people from England send him a bunch of crap to America so that he can try it. And, you know, now he's on his way over. Well, he's in England now, um, staying with those people. That's a pretty cool deal right there. You know, I've been watching him do it the whole time. And, uh, you know, it's pretty – you can gain a lot of good uh, – a lot of good – you meet a lot of good people on social media. You also meet a lot of uh, idiots. Um more idiots than than normal people or normal good people, I would say. Um, but just a rant. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. While we're on the subject of music, and then we'll switch back again. Sting walked out to Seek and Destroy, which was nice. Really? Mm-hmm. So Tony's paying the big bucks for these songs. And, and Paige know- came out. Paige, Saraya, she came out to We Will Rock You by Queen. We'll see. All right. Well, yeah. So they... Yeah, Brian uh, Brian May got a good little uh, payoff right there, and uh, oh my God, I can't believe what what'd you say he used? What did he come out to? For Sting. Yeah. Seek and destroy by Metallica. Destroy. Uh, yeah, dude, Metallica. That's what I was trying to say. I got myself confused. You know, Metallica is going to make that money, and Metallica they want that that high that high money. Remember, they sued Napster. So Metallica, they don't play around. So I can only imagine how much it costs uh, to use that, you know, for to use that song. I would love to know what Tony paid for that because I'd, I'm sure it wasn't cheap. I'd say hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. I mean, dude, they uh, they did a spot last season on the show Billions, which is a really good show. Uh, the last season's coming up pretty soon uh metallica was on there and uh they were pretty much you know the whole episode was about getting drunk and going to a metallica concert so i mean that was <laughs> you know and 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 it was good and it's like metallica's mainstream i mean metallica's the real deal i love metallica loudest concert i've ever been to i've been rocking sure. to metallica since, since 1987 wearing the the levi's jean jacket with the metallica patch on the back with all the graveyards for Master of Puppets. Come on now, little gravestones. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was searching, looking through your match database, and I was trying to pick out guys that we haven't talked about yet. So one guy I'm going to throw at you now, Kamala. <laughs> All right. So I love Kamala. Um, I worked with him four or five times. And oh, it was always great. You know, um, so light as the feather, light as the feather. So he was he was gonna be at an independent show that I was on. So I actually picked him up from the airport and you know took him around and everything. And I always reintroduced myself and and he gave me his email address because this was years ago. So. I remember sending him an email and we had gone back and forth a couple emails here and there. And then all of a sudden on a Saturday morning, I got an email stating it was from Kamala's email address that he gave me that him and his wife and kids were stranded on an Island somewhere and okay. that their, their passports were taken. They don't have any cash. They're at a hotel that they can't pay for. Can I please wire them $2,000? Right. So, I like I said, I don't know if he if he got hacked. I don't know. I know he wasn't he wasn't too like. I think computer savvy. You know, I don't think he was, but I don't know what happened. I mean, I I haven't thought about that in years. It's just you just saying Kamala jarred my memory. I'm like, that's the weirdest email I ever got in my entire lifetime was because of Kamala, but great guy. Um, always easy to work with, always fun. Um, just a good old redneck dude, you know, a good old redneck dude from Mississippi. I mean, just a, he's just a cool dude. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to chill with him a little bit longer. Uh, nice guy. <laughs> Did you did you reply to the email? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't reply to the email at all because I I was like I was like listening to my my mom in the back of my head saying, "Son, you got just got to know when to walk away." <laughs> you know. And I for once I for once I listened and I said, "You're right, mom. You know, I hear you. I'm just gonna walk away from this one." And and I didn't walk. I kind of. I kind of moonwalked out of it, you know. Uh, I just didn't want to get anywhere near that. I don't know what it was, how it was. I don't know anything. I don't want to cast aspersions upon anybody, you know. But I'm just telling you what happened. Yeah. That's all I did can you do. See, did you ever see him after that exchange? And, no. Or, or hacking? No. no. Okay. Never, never saw him again. Um, that was that was about like I mean I think he had already lost a leg. He had already lost one leg at the time we were talking back and forth. Um, yeah. And I know he did get some help from Wrestler Rescue because um, we, we had talked about that. I don't think it was a lot. And he had mentioned something about Cauliflower Alley that he wanted to get with them or something. And, and I said, yeah, I mean, yeah, they'll definitely do something for you. I don't know if he ever did because um, they will, you know, Cauliflower Alley, you know, they will take care of as best they'll do as best they can to help out wrestlers and uh especially now with brian blair in there you know um yeah. 
good people up there. I'd love to be at Cauliflower Alley. It's actually going on right now this weekend. Um, but I have too many things going on. Or it was last weekend or whatever it was. It was last weekend because Bob Cook was on the way there. So I talked with him. We talked about Terry and uh, talked to him for about half an hour. And, um, you know, that was rough on Bob. Yeah. Uh, yeah him and, him and Terry were, you know, him and Terry were friends and had been friends since like 1986, 87. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, that, I mean, he idolized the man almost as much. You know, I don't know if Terry Funk or Evil Knievel, who is the bigger, you know, in Bob's life, but it's one of the two and, you know, they're both gone now. So I definitely felt for Bob. There's somebody at the door looking to talk to you. There's somebody that's just at the door now. So I'm going to remove myself, put this person in. This person hasn't seen you in quite a while. So I'm going to enjoy this exchange. All right. Ask? Oh, it's me. What the fuck are you been doing? This is oh Bobby my, Tony. Get your oh ass off the God. chair. Seriously. <laughs> All you do is interviews. You know what I just did? I did a workout. I'm working out hard and fast. And you're sitting here talking your shit. You know what? You live in Florida. You know what's the problem? You should be running from the rain and the hurricane instead of sitting here on your fat ass talking <laughs> to him. You got it? I'm, I'm sorry. Out. I'll see I'm you later. Sorry. I'm no. sorry. Don't be sorry. I told you a long time ago, get your ass in shape. You did you do it? Okay, well, I'll see you later there. I'm sorry. Yeah, see you later. (laughs) Did you love that? Okay. First of all, <laughs> I thought that was an old rat that I used to fuck and that she was coming for me for some kind of oh, charge God. or something. I thought you done set me up with a pissed off rat from 1995. But then I read I then I read Karen in the thing and then I'm like and then she's like it's mocking him. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Well, here, when you mentioned that somebody wanted to talk to me, I thought you were going to throw me a softball, you know, like like it would be like an emotional thing, like you connected with someone I haven't talked to in 20 years, you know, someone to help me get started. Or I thought it was going to be maybe Randy Hogan. You know, you, you kept me wondering. And you completely swerved me. I mean, I don't even know how I fell for that. And you did. You completely swerved me. I mean, holy shit. Did you have to pay her <laughs> to do it? Because no, you know, no, 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 she was happy to do it. Oh my god, yeah. Well, that was her best moment on TV. She should be happy to do it, Muffy. Let me tell you something. Next time, I'm gonna charge you double. Next time, you stand by me. Damn it, <laughs> three time world champion. Who'd you ever beat, Muffy? Who'd you beat? I was just kidding. I don't know. Oh, no, no. I was just joking. You did set me up. Bullshit. (laughs) And I just had a damn good promo going, too. 
and there she's been listening the whole time. She's gonna kick oh, the shit great out of to you. See you. It's good seeing you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm out. I'm 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 going to the gym. You're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But I will tell you that that is that is my favorite. I mean, that was my favorite. That was it was amazing. It was fun. You know, it was a joke. But I oh, made five hundred. So I made five hundred dollars off of it, and uh, I didn't have to wrestle. And uh, it was a good night. <laughs> well, there's nothing good about telling somebody that they're fat, lazy, and ugly. That was just what it is. But you know, it, you, but know, you look great. I'm so excited that he told me to come on. I'm very happy. You look amazing. Well, not really. But no, I, I'm kidding. I, I, I look, yeah, I, I look amazing if you're talking about elephants. I mean, <laughs> Anyways, I wish the best. I got to go. But thank, thank you, you for having me on. And I hope we do this again. Something fun. I don't care. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Thank you. That was a blast. <laughs> Thanks, and, and, and if I'm in Florida, I'm going to come find you. Come find me. Damn it. Do it. You're right. Yeah. Okay. You're the best. Thanks, you guys. Have a good talk. Cheers. Right. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Somebody yeah. said, I, I, I taught you what the child support, someone said. Oh, that's even, uh, listen, I'm telling you, before I saw the name, I all I saw was the was this, and they, it immediately took me 30 years back because uh, I've seen that look before more than 10 times. I know what that look means, and and woo. I'm guessing that you haven't seen her since that moment. No, no, nothing. Excellent, excellent. I, I think I actually sent her. Yes, I did. About two years ago, I saw the clip on on YouTube, and I sent her an email, and just said, you know, hey, I'm the fat fuck from the video. You know, <laughs> um, just wanted to thank you and see how you're doing. And she. She sent me a nice email, you know, in response, and you know, she was very sweet. I mean, like I said, it was fun, you know, and, and I think it's funny that you know some people thought I was like legitimately like upset or something. And no, listen, listen, in this business, you have to have thick skin. Yeah. And let me tell you what, I I, I grew up in this business around Jimmy Del Rey. And the Cuban assassin and, you know, guys that are old school. So, you know. And she was only being paid in what she was told to do. Exactly. You do what you're told to do. But they, you know, when, when you come up like that, you don't get your feelings hurt. You know, I'm saying? It's, you know, you know, the only... The only feelings you can, you know, I, I don't even think I had feelings for probably 15 years. I mean, seriously, it just, it, I don't know. It was probably the combination of, of being on the road, having a crazy personal life when I'm home and then mixing in drugs and alcohol here and there. So, you know, you, you can't blame, you can't blame wrestling totally and you can't blame yourself totally but you can blame everything together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all every, every, there's little pieces of everything that leads to the end result. Unfortunately. Acers is just saying priceless moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
been working on that one for a while. She was actually supposed to be on. Remember, we were on last time, and I said, "Oh, I might have a special guest for you." She didn't appear. I, I she really got the times thought, wrong. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It, I really thought that it was going to be like, like a, a tear jerking moment, and you just, you know, uh, it, it was a tear jerking moment. You know, laughter tears instead of you know sad tears or happy. You know, that was that was great. That was great. We'll, we'll make a nice clip out of that. Please do, and, and you know, I'll I'll be sitting down with my wife at dinner, you know, at like thirty, and I'll say, "Hey, let me tell you what just happened, right?" And I'll <laughs> and I'll tell her what just happened, and I'll yeah. be animated like I am now, and I'll tell my son, you know, they we're all sitting down at dinner, and you know, my wife will just look at me and, "Am I supposed to know these people?" Like. She doesn't give zero shits about anything to do with wrestling. It's like, you know, my favorite thing, you know, because she actually dated a guy one time that um, had to watch Monday Night Raw. I mean, that was like his thing. Yeah. And she used to get so annoyed. So anytime that me and her will get in a fight, I'll say, well, you know what? I was the guy that he was watching on TV while I was fucking you. On Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Who'd you ever beat, damn it? <coughs> oh, Christ. What a thing to say. Well, you know, after 20 years, you got to come up with new and adventurous things because, you know, they've already heard. I mean, once you've, once you've had a, you know, steak knife thrown at your head, I mean, you know, the rules are out the window. Oh, that wasn't my current wife, by the way. Yeah, I've been married twice, you know, and that wasn't my first wife either. It's actually some skank I lived with in a mobile home, but that's a you know story for another time. <laughs> Let's there's, talk about you know, there's there's minor elements of truth in there, just minor, minor. Did you ever have any um interactions with um Shawn Michaels over the years? Minimal, very minimal. Um, I, when I first started with WWF, um, yeah. I actually made my way into a locker room. I think we were in Lowell, Massachusetts or something. I don't know. But I made my way into a locker room and I didn't realize this was like the star locker room. Yeah. All right. So I'm literally sitting here getting ready and I got Shawn Michaels on my left and Diesel on my right, and Diesel's the world champ at this time, and I'm the only jobber in here. But I said, you know what, goddammit, I've heard these stories about these motherfuckers making jobbers, dressed in the fucking, you know, broom closet as ribs. I mean, I'm not going to do that shit. You know, I'm here to do a job. I'm not here to be fucking, you know, fucked with, right? So that's what I'm thinking. So I'm sitting there lacing my boots, and they were both very nice and very cordial. And never said anything, you know, hey, what the fuck are you doing here, jobber? And nothing, nothing. They were absolutely fine. Um, so that myth was dispelled really quick. Um, it was obviously, whoever started that rumor had obviously pissed off one of the two of them or something and had done something fucking stupid. So they decided to fuck with him in return for him being an idiot. Yeah. You know, and then he got upset and, you know, started burying people, you know, on the internet. That's probably what happened. So anyways, 
Um, Sean did, he traveled a lot with Jimmy Del Rey or Jimmy traveled with him um, at the time that I was up there. Um, so we would be, we would either be in the car, we'd be in the car together, but we'd also be in like cars behind them as well. Um, and they'd be in like a front car. It was like, it was like a presidential motorcade, but with only two cars. So, um, that's pretty good. Like a presidential motorcade, but with only two cars. Mm -hmm. That funny. I don't know what a motorcade is. Maybe it, that's, we're lost in translation. If you were if you were in America, if you if you were you know American, you would have laughed your ass off. That's why I was waiting. Oh, okay. Like that was a funny That's... you know, like Donald Trump has like literally thirty vehicles, and he's somewhere in the middle of this thirty vehicles. So oh, I know what you I know his, what you mean now. Yeah, that's his motorcade. So I said, yeah, it's like a motorcade, but with only two vehicles. You know, it was just oh, okay. us and John. You know, like I was like a motorcade, like WWF. You know, Lost in Translation, great movie by the way. I just thought it. Uh, I just thought it wasn't funny, so I apologize. Um, no, no, it's it's funny now that I know what it is. No, Sean was, Sean was he was Sean was great to me. Like I said, I didn't I didn't have any problem with Sean, um, and I didn't see him abuse anyone, or or talk shit to anyone, or disrespect anyone the whole time I was up there. Uh, the only thing that I saw him do that was crazy was at the WWF and Marty Jannetty's trial when he walked by and uh, gave us yeah. all the finger with Gorilla Monsoon there and everybody. That was the only thing that he had ever done, you know, and that was before I really knew him, you know. So I have no problem with Sean at all. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad he's doing good because... I don't care whatever you say about him, good, bad, or indifferent. The man worked his ass off, and he gave you 100% every night. And you know what? Guys are recovering addict, and, and I am too. And I know what that feels like. So, you know, all you can do is say you're sorry to the people that you've hurt, and all you can do is move on. You know, I mean, I had to do it, and some people moved on with me, and some people didn't. You know, it's just the way it is. But I'm sure there are a lot of people that could tell you I was, you know, a jerk or an asshole or whatever. But when I was using, um, and again, and I know Sean's in the same boat, um, you know, we didn't set out to become addicts and to become alcoholics. And I don't blame anybody except myself. I'm the reason that I was an addict. Not anybody else. It was me. Yeah, and a lot of it comes. A lot. I talk to guys about this. A lot of it comes down to lifestyle, being on the road all the time. It's kind of like guys in bands, you know, back oh, around yeah. that era as well, fell into the same kind of problems, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, when you're a superstar, you know, like Shawn Michaels, or you're, you know, you're a an opening match guy, curtain jerker like me. I mean, you know, we got to play. We all got to play. The referees got to play. The agents got to play. You know, we all got to play. So it was a hell of a lifestyle. And, you know, when you walk out and there are 300 women standing there and you know the big guys can't do them all. You know? 
you know that as long as you time it to where as you walk out dead last, you can literally just say, well, everyone else is gone. So it used to work because they would know that you're going to party at the same place where everyone else is. So they would just go with you. You know what I mean? And they'd end up at the party. They knew the deal. We knew the deal. We're not stupid. You know? I mean, damn. Sorry, got off on another one. What's the, what's the wildest party you were ever at after party? Oh, um, it would, I mean, it would have to be one of many nights at the dungeon uh, in Atlanta. I mean, I just, I, I don't remember. Well, <laughs> I, should, I shouldn't tell a damn story, but. <laughs> I shouldn't tell a damn story, but God damn it, you know, it is what it is. So we were staying, we were staying at the dungeon, which was the Ramada in downtown Atlanta. That was our hotel. All the boys stayed there, WCW, WWF. Every once in a while, we would all be there together. Um, so one of the many nights I was drunk and we were, Closing the place down, I left the bar and I went to the elevator and I look over to my left and I see Rip Rogers with an African-American woman until she turns her head and I realize it's an African-American man. <laughs> okay. I'm not judging. I'm saying I was... You know, he's wearing a dress and high heels and a wig. So I just kind of looked. I didn't say anything. I just kind of acknowledged and shook my head at, you know, hi, how you doing? And he, as he was getting in the other elevator, he said to me, all lips are the same when the lights are out. <laughs> Right. Sorry, Rip. I I love that story. I mean, I, I wasn't going to tell it, but I'm emotionally fragile now because Maurice is completely just, you know, bumfuzzled me. But, um, yeah, that was, and, and I've used that, I've used that line many a night afterwards when talking about either large or, you know, oversized rats or you know it can be used for many many different things oh who's that at the door it's rip rogers just about to come in no no not really i'm just gonna go hang myself now <laughs> imagine <clears throat> got that on speed dial holy shit no. holy shit moment is just what great guy do. though i mean yeah you want to talk about you want to talk about a guy that i love is rip rogers because the motherfucker would just say what's on his mind. I grew up loving him in Florida in 1985. Him and Brenda Britton, who I'm sure was his old lady. I don't know, you know, the dynamics of their relationship. But everyone called her Fleabag. And, you know, he was Hustler Rip Rogers. And let me tell you what, he had so much heat in Florida 
and so did she. I mean, so much heat. People got, were so pissed off at the two of them. They were fucking awesome. They were the best. I learned so much by going back and watching tapes of Rip Rogers and also watching him in like 94, 95 WCW because he was doing jobs between WWF and WCW. And we would be on a lot of the same shows for WWF and a lot of the same ones for WCW. So um, I would see him all over the place. And I always watched him because he's batshit crazy. His character is batshit crazy. But he's so fucking good that, you know, if you don't learn something watching him, then you're a moron. The guy's amazing. So I grew up watching him and loving him as a child. And, you know, still love him as an adult. I think he's fucking amazing. And I actually got to work, you know, a bunch of shows with him and learn from him watching him live again 20 years later. So pretty pretty cool to me. Yeah, excellent. Look, we're kind of coming up to the end of another, very, I think, pretty random show. So I, I think we're, we're going to have to do this again. And maybe, maybe I'll get you uh, another guest now next time, but. Maybe the element of surprise that you don't know who's coming on might work better. What do you think? Well, I, you know, go with the element of surprise because you sure got me tonight. I'll tell yeah. you that. You got me on that one. Um, yeah, let's let's do a part five, man. I, I'm I'm down for it, you know? Yeah. Um, this, is, people, this is a lot cheaper than going to therapy. And people that are watching your good friend, Vito Danucci, his interview will be out on Thursday. Keep an eye on the news for that one as well. There'll be an article maybe or two coming from that one. It's a very, very, very good interview. And we'll probably get you two guys on together at some point as well. That wouldn't be so surprising, though. No, that would be good, and we have a lot of stories to tell. I mean, listen, the thing about Vito Danucci and myself, like, we made a great team, you know. He was six foot four, two 275, ripped and shredded, and I was, you know, 210, fat, you know, five foot ten, wasn't, you know, whatever, but... Once again, you know, I had the beauty and he had the brains. I mean, that's that's what it was. That's what made our, you know, that was really a joke. Um, he he did all our booking and and he was, you know, he negotiated all of our stuff. Boy, he was he was fierce. He was I get fierce. the I get the impression from talking to him that he might remember more from the crazy nights than you. Because I think he was a little bit more of a, a good a, a good boy, so to speak. It's yeah, we've switched roles now when we go out. Um, I'm usually now the babysitter whenever him and our brother Spanky Malone uh, go out. I'm usually the babysitter, and uh, it's pretty fucked up. But I really can't say anything because you know I did it every night for ten years. So I mean, it's like I kind of owe him. You know what I'm saying? Are you the driver? Um, yeah. So, you know, me being the sober driver, you know, hey, anything I can do, you know, I'm glad to pay back, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. Thanks for tonight, man. And thanks to uh, Muffy for making a special guest appearance. I'm going to clip that together and I'll send it over to you because I think you get a good laugh out of that. Please do. I got to see it. Awesome, man. Thanks Have a million. Fun. All right. We'll talk to you later.